You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new Centerfire Rifle Ammunition Terminal Ascent. Now, the Terminal Ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The Terminal Ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet and it comes in a variety of cartridges including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06 and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com and while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and this is episode number 93. Today, we are doing our first hunting trip recap of the season, and I am super excited because we're talking with my buddies Jonah Abraham and Adam Cruz about our velvet hunt this past weekend, where Adam killed a slammer of a freaking Tennessee velvet buck. You guys, stay tuned. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Today, we are going to recap our first hunting trip of the season. And I got my buddies Adam Cruz and Jonah Abraham, who were with me on the trip. And uh, one of these fine fellows had an extremely good trip. The other, the other of us <laughs> kind of... <laughs> Struggled a little bit. We, we were happy for our friend. Um, <laughs> but no, Adam killed a freaking slammer of a buck man congratulations that was awesome it was good i appreciate to be, it it was good to be there it was uh, uh, i appreciated having a, having a professional photographer there and another hey. guy just to give me some good high fives you know <laughs> and encouraging you know <laughs> jonah is he is the guy that you want on your team when it comes to being encouraging like he's just yeah. look at that jolly face that he's got right there <laughs> good smile i would listen i would get a mortgage from you that's good. That's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. So uh, you went you went away, Jonah. Your audio went away. Oh, it's back. Okay, it's back. Yep. Yeah. Good? Okay. Yep. So anyways, today we are going to talk about this trip. But before we do, um, Jonah, actually, this was his first trip, uh, first hunt using Scree gear. And, uh, man, I want to say we probably put it to the test pretty pretty good this week. 
What'd you think, Jonah? I mean, so it's not a secret that uh, we work with Scree through the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, but I want to get your honest feedback, your first time using the stuff and uh, pretty much putting it through the daggum ringer for sure. It was awesome. Like the first two days, it was nothing but rain, or actually, I guess the, the only two days we were there, it was like nothing but rain. <laughs> Um, it was it was crazy like i mean it was stay it stayed wet the whole time but it was still like extremely comfortable uh the pants dried super fast i had the uinta early season pants i think is how you say it um i had those on and then i had the short sleeve kabab um like 150 that thing was super comfortable um I, i don't have anything bad to say about it. it was it was super cool like i never got hot um i don't think i ever put any of the long sleeve stuff on just because it was never really needed but um, it was it was super comfortable, so I'm excited to rock out the rest of it for the rest of the season and see how it goes. Yeah, man, I'm I loved it. Um, to, it was actually my first time getting to use the rain gear, and uh, I'm gonna be honest, man, it was just so stinking wet outside. Like, I don't know that we would have ever been able to avoid that. I mean, I was just editing the video a few minutes ago, and there was one one part. Uh, after Adam, you killed your buck, and me and Jonah tried to hunt that evening, uh, and we're walking back to the truck, man, and we're just like soaked. It literally looks like we just like took a jump in the lake or something. But and the humidity was horrible. I know in my rain jacket, I was just like it's coming out, you know, like a sauna. Yeah. Well, dude, like at one point, uh, we sat down in the truck. Me and Jonah did. We sat down in my car and we got up. And like you could literally see the the steam coming up out of the seat, it was pretty crazy. It was it was a rough trip. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I think I stayed wet from Thursday night until Saturday afternoon. I was pretty much just wet the whole time. Me and Parker even said we were gonna go to a laundromat, and we were like, "Nah, just screw it. We're already wet." Like, <laughs> it's not <gonna> <laughs> and dude, let me tell you something. I uh, I took all my stuff out of my vehicle today. And it was like, my, like it, my vehicle was humid inside of it because all my stuff was wet. It was bad, man. I should have taken it out much earlier. But anyway, so uh, back to Scree Gear, guys. If you're listening to this, uh, you can use the code um, Southern Ground. It'll save you 10% at checkout uh, if you go to ScreeGear.com. Jonah, man, I'm glad you liked it. I, I really have enjoyed wearing uh, my Scree stuff. So Adam. Maybe one day we'll we'll get you on the scree train and we can get hey, this man. ball rolling. I love free stuff since I've got like a thousand dollars or more worth of camo. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> but I tell you what, honestly, like after playing with your guys' gear, and I played with your gear earlier, Parker. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> um, if I were <laughs> if I were to buy a new set of camo. Parker's gear. Why not? One hundred percent would be scree gear. One hundred percent. Oh be man, like, they're gonna be like that's what? the worst ad ever. <laughs> so, like, gonna fire Parker. They're gonna be like, no. <laughs> Who's this cop? I've been playing with your gear long before before Jonah's gear. <laughs> oh man. Well, it has been a long weekend. We are a little delusional. Had to get back. It's to the long grind. day too. Yeah, yeah, we had to get back to the grind of of real life after not having much of a weekend uh, relaxation at all. It was pretty much just weekend work. But Adam, 
-hmm. You killed a stud. He was. Like, he is. Like, like a giant deer. <laughs> and today I want to talk about, um, I, I guess I've been kind of thinking back and forth on how I want to uh, go about this thing. But I think one of the biggest things is talking about, um, you know, a lot of weather stuff because that was a, that was a big deal. Um, and it was not by accident that you killed that buck because we were going, we were going out knowing that if there's going to be a time that these deer get on their feet, it's going to be right now, even though it's August and it's one o'clock, you killed your deer at one o'clock in the afternoon, correct? Right on the dot. Yeah. Yeah. So it was August, but you killed the buck at one o'clock in the afternoon and he was up on his feet and the deer were just up on their feet, man. Jonah saw a bunch of deer right around that same time, just up and moving. And, uh, I think that's a, I think that's pretty interesting, but, but before we kind of, you know, break it down, how it all happened or break down some of the more, uh, the strategies that were used in, in going out and making this a successful hunt. Uh, Adam, I want you to tell us about that day. So, um, you had a, a an exceptional day for for what it was you had a really really good day as far as seeing big bucks so tell us just basically from the beginning to the to the to the shot i guess uh how that day went without going too deep into the strategy we used to you know choose the stands that we did or the stand placements that we did um got in there early in the morning wind was blowing pretty hard uh, got up in my stand it kind of cooled off a little bit as far as the wind was concerned and then boom, we started getting some, some monsoons of rain. Uh, once that happened, I didn't think it was a big deal, kind of just dealing with the rain. It, it was what it was at that point in time. But then I looked down at my phone and we've got a message from Parker saying tornado warnings. So there's two so things I take let, serious. Go ahead, go let, ahead. Let me, let me interrupt you by saying this. Um, like the whole reason why we went to this place, I guess we should, we should set this, yeah. this up a little bit uh, because we didn't really do that. Um, yeah. We went to a completely different place than we've been planning on going this whole time. A completely different piece of public land. This is the CWD zone um, in Tennessee, and it is a WMA. Uh, there's, a, there's several WMAs open that you can hunt with a rifle, with a center fire. It's like firearms, muzzleloader, or archery. I went and scouted twice a piece of property, uh, a piece of uh, public land in tennessee i scouted it twice like a four-hour drive from my house called twra two different times and said i just want to i want i want people to hear this because i want you to hear my tone of voice and know that it was exactly like this i'm just wanting to make sure that i'm seeing this correct that i can hunt this place oh yeah oh yeah absolutely you can for sure okay i'm gonna be on that piece of property with a gun in August, trying to kill deer, and I'm not going to get in trouble for this. No, 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 not at all. That's what it's there for. That place is perfectly fine. I was like, I hung up, and I got off the phone, and I was like, I don't know. I don't think I believe him. And so a couple days later, I called again and got the same thing. Um, I scouted it twice again. I had a pretty good idea of how we were going to be able to go and all be pretty successful, I thought. Um, yet come to find out a day before the hunt they did not in fact open this place and uh that was unfortunate and also hurricane laura or me and me and jonah said that it should have definitely been called hurricane karen 
because it really just kind of was a carried our trip. Yeah, it carried our trip real good. Um, not yours though, Adam. Of course. Yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, you're good. I'm good without turning. I don't even think you got wet the whole time. Uh. <laughs> but you you need to back up because last year we weren't you weren't able to hunt those specific pieces of the WMAs that you were interested in scout and that you did go in scouts. That's why you called TWRA to begin with, and I think you thought that it was open because it showed up all of a sudden on Onyx, right? Yep. As part of the CWD zone. And sure enough, you call two, two times the TWRA. I called one time. All of us, got, we, we both got the same answer. Yeah, and it's, it's unfortunate. Like, I don't want to be that guy that just gets on here and starts running them through the mud. But that was a pretty rough deal. Like, I spent a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of gas money to get there. I mean, it's four hours, and it's an eight-hour round trip, you know, twice. That's, that starts stacking up. And Jonah had already paid for a campsite over there, um, which we Thanks, need to, which we yeah. need to, uh, need to get with you on that get your Venmo. Uh, so we kind of last minute decided, okay, well, I guess we're going to have to go to this other place, which I had done a really brief pass through on uh, one of the times that I came to scout and I really didn't like what I saw. And, uh, but when it, kind of came down to it we were like okay we were all planning on hunting ag you know beans and stuff that you would want to hunt this time of year and there was just so little of that anywhere else that it was like this is that is just going to be where everybody goes they're all going to go to those little pieces so we were like let's just stick back maybe go to a place that has a little less pressure and so uh, that's what we decided to do we went into this area we scouted me and jonah scouted all day on Thursday and we kind of got to this little spot where uh, right at dark, right when we met up with you, Adam, and we like, it was like an internal compass hit me. Um, and it was like, wait a second, there's private beans over this way. I know there are, let's check this out and see if there's any funnels going to them. Sure enough. Uh, there was like four, like four little thin strips of woods that we could set up in that we knew, okay, if there's deer on these beans, they're going to be in these little thin strips of wood. So we were just like, and really it was kind of funny the way it happened is because I was like, I want this one. <laughs> I was like, this is the one I want to be in. I like this spot. I really like it. Uh, and then Jonah was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go to this one. Adam's over here getting like sloppy thirds, man. <laughs> he got the last choice. And, in my uh, defense, I actually wanted this piece. So okay. it worked out completely. Yeah. He knew something we didn't know. <laughs> so but I wanted it because it had, it, it wasn't as a defined funnel because there was actually, as you said, there were four. I actually had two more choices. So you guys took two and I got the, what I thought was the better deal. So thanks. Appreciate it. Well, you did. <laughs> you so. definitely did get the better part. So, uh, so we were like, really excited i would say i mean me and jonah were in the car together and literally as we're stopped in the middle of the road looking at this we see a doe run the first deer really that we'd seen in the main part of the wma and she was doing exactly that like she ran across the road hit one of those hit one of those strips of woods and was headed to those beans right at dark and uh and we're I, I mean i don't know about you guys i was jacked up i was like this is it this is how we're gonna kill deer did y'all kind of feel the same way Oh, yeah, definitely. 
I didn't see a deer going in and I wasn't with you. So I was still a little apprehensive since you guys didn't text me and let me know that. <laughs> we told you right when you pulled up. No, you didn't. Yes, we did. We like, did you not see that deer run? Did we not, Jonah? I didn't pull up. I was already at my spot before you guys got there. You, Jonah forgot his phone. No, no. I don't know who y'all were talking no, to, but it wasn't me. No, no, no. The night before. Oh, the night before. That I do remember. Yeah, when we were first talking about it. I was yeah. fired up. I was really fired up. I thought it was going to be a really cool, really cool spot. Uh, Jonah, what did you think about it? Like, how? what was your thoughts on it? Um, I thought it seemed like really good funnels that, you know, that, that private bean field was probably like, I don't know, did you guys ever look at it on the map? I think it was probably two or 300 acres of beans. It was huge. Uh, it may have been more than that. Yeah, it was yeah. Yeah. It was giant. So sure. it's probably the biggest bean field in the area. Um, and it backed right up to the public. Um, great funnels going to it. And then tons of CRP through the middle of it that I think was holding all the deer. Um, in my opinion, I thought, I think the deer were pretty much bedding in that CRP during the day. And then yeah. they, when they were getting up on their feet, like Adam saw, I think they were, you know, getting up on their feet, eating in those woods. And then in the evening or early in the morning, they were heading to those beans. So um, I think it was a really good spot. And I, I, I kind of want to go back there, honestly. I, I probably I might make another trip over there just, just to go hunt that area again. Yeah. So I think that kind of sets it up, right? I mean, we didn't want to really be at this place. It was the last minute. We had to do some speed scouting and cover a lot. We covered like seven miles, I think. Um, me and Jonah did the day before. Um, got a little bit excited when we were like, hey, we could hunt these funnels. Um, about as excited as we could get for the situation. All right. Yeah. So now let's get into your hunt, the actual story <laughs> of the hunt. So now I'm sitting there. I get a text message from Parker, tornado warning. And I was, uh, as I was trying to say, Two things get me really excited, snakes and tornadoes. <laughs> I shimmy down my tree quick. And I think you two guys stayed in the tree, right? Yeah. Like I didn't go anywhere. The first so, the first tornado warning. The first tornado warning, I'm back to my truck within. I'm like over a half mile away from my truck. I'm probably back in my truck in a minute, easily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. Sprinting. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I'm looking. Record. You had a I, world record mile right there. And I was a sprinter getting back to my truck. I was not going to get thrown out of that tree. Uh, ended up driving around just for a few minutes, just kind of see if there were any other hunters hunting around that bean field and hunting close by to us. I came back. It cleared up pretty quick. I'm easing back through to where my, my platform is at. And I look up and, and it's kind of like, it's pretty nasty again. I'm thinking maybe this looks like more tornadic weather thinking about taking a video. Then I think about calling those two guys. So I go for the video, put my phone down and start walking again and up jumps one buck. That's probably like a 115, 120 class. And this guy is close. I mean, he's like 10 yards. I couldn't have shot him. Not unless I had been really paying attention, taking my time, going easy and slow, might've pulled the shot off, but I didn't right up behind him jumps one that's bigger than the deer that I shot. As far as score, there's no doubt in my mind that the deer behind him scores better than the one I killed. And there was another little buck. So all in all, I'm seeing three bucks going back to, to the tree that I wanted to hunt, knowing there's deer in that area all of a sudden, got some bucks, get to my stand. The weather gets really sketch again, and we all come out. So I don't know if you want to stop there, Parker, and kind of reconvene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what was going on for me at that point in time and then we'll talk about jonah because he was having a, just a heck of a time about that about then so i got down uh i sat through the first tornado warning uh and it was it was 
sketchy, man. I mean, the sky was like orange, orangey yellow. It was just weird. And then it went like almost pitch black because the rain clouds and then the rain started just, I mean, pouring down to where you couldn't even really see anything in front of you. Uh, it was about the hardest rain that I've set through in a tree, I think. And, uh, and so I ended up getting down after the second tornado warning. I was like, yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get down. And so I got down and sure enough, as soon as I got down that it cleared off, cleared off and it was, you know, just kind of sprinkling and stuff. I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just walk this edge. I ended up walking up on a little buck and uh, did a stalk on him and got up to him and was about 30 ish yards away. Um, and he was on private, but he was walking onto the public. And uh, I, I texted, I texted these two guys and I was like, Hey, y'all think I should shoot a spike? Cause I, I could right now. Um, but as when I pulled up my phone, I saw your text and I was like, Oh, this is really going to make him mad. Cause he was like, there's a, two giant bucks running towards y'all. And so I sent that text and I'm, I'm just watching this deer. I had really no intention of shooting him at that moment. And I was like, y'all think I should shoot this deer at Adam's like, you're not hearing what I'm saying. There are two giants no. <laughs> right now. I was so Jonah, mad at you. Jonah, however, would have been right in the perfect spot to be able to see one of these deer that oh, he jumped okay. up. And so I'm like trying to be a good friend. And I, so I, I let that buck, that buck ends up walking on the public, um, looks up at me, walks into the CRP and, and leaves. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm texting Jonah. I'm like, Hey man, uh, small buck just kind of went up that way or whatever. Uh, I'm going to try to wind bump a little bit to you so that maybe if those deer, the Adam, the Adam jumped up, if they're past where Jonah's at, maybe they'll turn around. Maybe they'll catch my wind, turn around and go back up towards Jonah. Well, I'm like texting Jonah, trying to get a hold of him. I'm really walking slow because I don't want to walk up on him. You know, if, if he's like got deer under him or something like that. And so then it just starts ripping again. The wind just like, I mean, picks up like crazy. And there's dead tree limbs falling in front of me that would have would kill a guy. You know, I mean, they're falling hard, big, giant tree limbs. I mean, and I'm so I'm kind of scared at this point and uh, walking briskly back to the truck. I ended up seeing another doe. Never saw those bucks, though. Um, no doubt that they were probably somewhere close by. Had to be. Uh, because that was less than 20 minutes after you said that. And we weren't, I mean, 250 yards away from each other. And they're probably. running straight to, to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like right under Jonah's stand, honestly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so Jonah, why don't you tell us where you were at? So I made a good decision to be a smart guy and get down out of the tree when the tornadoes were coming through. So I just decided I was going to get down and kind of walk the edge of that CRP where those planted pines were so I got down and eased those you know eased down those and uh, ended up seeing three different deer um, jump up out of those and you know no bucks but just all does um, so I get back to the truck and I'm like Parker told me where the keys were before we got back so I was like oh, I'll just get the keys and get in the car and you know send some AC and dry off a little bit and uh, I couldn't get a hold of anybody because I didn't have any service at the car <laughs> so I just went and chilled at the car for a little bit while you guys were out in the dreaded rain well, 
and see how well that worked out for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Didn't kill me a buck, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you also had a chance to kill a deer that morning to kill a spike first thing in the morning. Didn't do it, but still, I mean, first day, first day of the velvet hunt on public land, and all three of us have now had chances, you know, maybe not on deer that we necessarily wanted to shoot. Um, all of us, Adams, obviously, probably we would have all shot any of those bucks. But uh, for me and Jonah, it was just kind of like, you know, first day, whatever. That's, I mean, that's a pretty cool deal, though, when you think about it. Public land, and you have the opportunity to fill a tag. Like, that's pretty neat. And it's not um, like you're in a spot that was, like, hard to access. Like, I mean, it's pretty easy access, you know what I mean? So Yeah, really like easy access. Good, good opportunity for all you guys out there that are out there hunting Tennessee public land is – you don't have to necessarily get three miles deep to find deer. Like we were in big mature deer pretty close to the road. So um, that's just kind of something to keep You know in mind. why? You know why, Jonah? Because they're soybeans. <laughs> because it's because it's Tennessee. And Tennessee yeah. I was going to say, it doesn't have to be best. Tennessee deer. It could be Kentucky <laughs> or Missouri <laughs> or Georgia. <laughs> Wait, 30 minutes before Adam killed that deer, he said, Tennessee sucks. I mean, he literally say that. He yeah. literally said, Everybody always talks about how great Tennessee is, but it's just like not that great, man. <laughs> no, I, I, I gave you the data that said that there were other southern states that had better opportunities for killing big deer. Didn't say it was a bad state. I love it here. Well, obviously. All right, so, <laughs> so, we, so we go back to the truck. We all meet up, and basically immediately, no more tornado warnings. It stops raining. It's just kind of cloudy. It's beautiful outside. And we're all like, oh, my God, we're hungry. Let's go get something to eat. Yeah. So we go get something to eat, uh, come back, and basically as soon as we come back, we start driving and start seeing deer in the fields. And, and it was like, all right, so let's do this. All right, so you pick it up, Adam. Uh, we, all, we all got to our area, split up. Yep. You take it away. This is pretty Same quick. So, I mean, this is like a quick hunt from here because – you know, we get to the area. I know when we were in the vehicle, I, I made a comment. I said, you know, I feel like if I had been a better hunter, if I had been one of the THP guys, which we've heard rumors how they hunt. I mean, they're slow. They ste they're steady. They're methodical as they go through the woods. They're ready to kill on a, at any minute, right? It's the way we all should be as hunters. I know that's the way that I should have been. And I made a comment in the vehicle. I was like, you know, I'm really disappointed in myself because I believe if I had slowed down, I'd have killed one of those deer. So I was really down and out a little bit. I've made about... 400,000 mistakes in the last few years. I did, and I was mad about making that one. So going in to the tree I want to hunt, uh, I'm just bound to determine, you know, I'm not going to make that same mistake. I'm going to go slow. I'm going to go methodical. I'm going to be watching. About the time where I got to uh, say about 50 to 75 yards where I had bumped those bucks, I started really slowing it down even more. My boot had a bad squeak in it because I had so much sweat going on and some water pulling up in my rubber boots. So like, I'm literally like not even taking real steps with my right foot. I'm just inching my way forward and kind of watching, watching. And I just happened to look over and back into the woods. Cause I'm watching the CRP and I'm watching the woods and I see a deer, his head up eating on some leaves. And at first it, it's his, his body looked pretty dang small. I was like, Oh, that's a doe. That's cool. You know, maybe there's a buck there and then lays his head back down and you see like claws coming down. I was like, nah, 
nope, that's not a doe at all. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty non-dramatic from there. It's kind of like a shooting a squirrel out of a tree, I guess, just raised up real nice and simple and <laughs> shot him. I actually thought he rolled and ran because it was super thick. He was only 20 yards away where I shot him. Uh, I texted you guys and said, you know, I think I've shot a decent buck, which I thought he was more than decent, but I didn't want to embellish too bad at that point in time. I uh, gave him a few minutes. And man, when I walked up on that deer, like I've never killed that, that wide of a racked buck before. It's just, it's one of those feelings of like total shock and unbelief. Um, did you so measure immediately the spread on yet? What's that? Did you measure the spread on him yet? I never did, man. So people have asked me, and I'm, I'm thinking like Parker said, maybe 21-ish. Yeah, 21-ish, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I would think. And you know what? I was cleaning out my car today. And I found a tape measure in the door, and I was like, it, we had a tape measure right here. Um, your actual words to me, though, as I was editing the video today, um, I, I, I had our conversation recorded right there. No. You, you literally said, and I didn't put it in the video, I don't think. I, maybe I did. But your literal words were, I know for sure he's narrow, which is good because <laughs> the bigger one, the bigger one earlier was definitely narrow. And then you sent that picture, and it's like, Ooh, like <laughs> Mufasa, I mean, just a wide deer. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Super narrow. I'm like, if this is what Adam's narrow is, like, what's his wide? You know, <laughs> I don't know what. I think when I was looking at him, it was like at a different angle when I saw, you know, the antlers coming down. Yeah. So I automatically That's hoped it was the uh, the narrow one, but I was completely fine with the wide one. Dude, it was it was nuts, man. I mean, I was I was freaking out. I was I was freaking out when you sent that picture. Like, I was gonna hunt. I was gonna just continue <laughs> to hunt because I was like, oh, cool. Adam shot a buck. Go yes. get it taken care of. We'll be good. Yeah. And then you sent us that picture. It's like, oh uh, yeah, I'm coming over there. <laughs> Drop me a waypoint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm really grateful you guys did. So thank you. It was fun, man. We had a good. It was time. a better experience altogether. I was yeah. strapping on my spurs whenever he, he shot. And I was like, like, I didn't, I couldn't tell if it was Adam because it sounded so far away. Like Parker, you said you never even heard the shot. Did you? I didn't even hear it. No. Yeah. So like, I mean, we were all probably hunting less than 300 yards from each other. Um, and I barely heard it. It was not loud at all. So I was like, eh, that probably wasn't Adam. Um, and then he was like, yep, I got him. And I was like, okay. So, <laughs> So there was also another tornado warning, um, literally right when we got back in the woods. Like when we were, as we were walking, I get an alert on my phone, tornado warning for your area, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, what? Really? And so I had actually hunkered like kind of, it started raining again a little bit. So I hunkered up in a tree um, just to, just kind of taking it slow just to watch. And that's when. Uh, I got all the text messages and stuff and, uh, man, I mean, how, how cool is that? Like how perfect is that scenario? You know, I mean, dodging tornado warnings, like being in and out of the tree multiple times during the day, like not really, not, not, it's not, it's just not a typical typical deer hunt you know we weren't sitting in a in a one spot for three or four hours you know 
I, I think the longest I sat in the tree the whole trip was two hours. Um, but weather just kind of made it to where we couldn't really do that. Uh, and it really seemed, it really worked out, you know, I mean, um, I hear people talk about ground hunting and putting yourself in the game and being aggressive, especially at the times when you need to be aggressive, which those breaks in the rain can really, really be pretty cool. So Adam, what, what would you say is the thing for you that you think killed that deer? Absolutely. The weather. You know, we talked about it a little bit, I think, either before I shot the buck or after. Um, bad weather has always been really good for me. And I think one of the reasons is it covers up some of uh, the hunter's sins of being loud or even movement and the scent. Um, anytime it's wet, windy, I've, I've had my best buck encounters when it's wet, raining, and windy. Last year, Barker, when I was up in Kentucky, and I had an opportunity at that Mufasa of a deer like it was you know pouring rain on me and I got in there and I'm, I think that deer was bedded probably 25 yards from where I walked in and he never smelled me he never saw me never heard me just walked right by him because I you know took my time and was slow but couldn't have done that under perfect conditions so I think it's the weather honestly yeah I mean that's true um when you think about not, not so there's the weather has a lot to do with it uh, with the time of day that it was, um, the fact that you were able to sneak up on this deer at one o'clock, you know, at 20 yards. And it wasn't like you were walking through thick stuff. The deer was in thick stuff. You were walking in a, in a cut trail, like Like, fire lane, like a fire lane. Yeah. Like it wasn't like you were like, you know, hidden or anything like that. And you're talking about a king of the forest whitetail, not not just a little scrub buck. You're talking about a buck that's been around. He's a mature deer. Uh, big, just a big, huge buck. Um, I would love to see, I would love to know what that deer aged at. Cause he was small bodied, but yep. that would be really hard for that to be a three and a half year old deer with that kind of rat. Yeah. With all that mass. And I did notice like his snout was almost like a little Roman nose. Like he was yeah. around its snout a little bit. So I'd say he's probably like, you know, obviously CWD could have obviously had an effect on that deer's health. Um, we don't know if he had it or not. Did you have him tested, Adam? I have, yeah. So I'll probably have that back in like three weeks or so. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I was talking to um, – once you guys left, Parker, after you had left, um, I had to run in with uh, a local guy down there when I was – I told you the guy, like, blocked in my camper. <laughs> but, anyways, I waited on him to come out of the woods, and I talked to him for, like, 30 minutes – and he's been hunting there for like his entire life. He was like a probably 50 year old guy, super nice guy. Um, and he knew that place like really well, like, like the back of his hand. And he said that the deer hunting at that place used to be like phenomenal, like the best place he'd ever hunted until CWD hit. And he said it just really like tore down the hunting. And he said it just hasn't been the same since. Apparently there's like a big club um, somewhere nearby there that they think had started the CWD. They brought in deer from other places and that's what kind of started the spread of CWD. So pretty sad, but, um, I think that, I think that could have an effect on that deer. Like he had a really small body, but he looked healthy otherwise, you know? Um, but who knows? I think he's what did probably... that game, the game warden told us like last year when they, when, when, uh, they opened up for rifle season and they could kill more deer out there, basically more deer died. Mm-hmm. Game warden said that 50% of them, it was about 50% CWD positive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty heavy, 
you know, we didn't see an overwhelming amount of deer sign. Honestly, no. I think we were just in a really good spot. Uh, I don't, I don't know that the place in, a, in and of itself is just like covered up in deer. I think that spot was just really good. Yeah, those, those private beans are probably what was holding those deer at that time because there's no like historic sign like there had been deer there for like years at a time. You know, like using that area. There's a lot of trails, but like they weren't super beat down. Um, I think, I think if those beans weren't there, I don't know if that area would really be holding that many deer. Yeah, uh, my trail was super beat down, so yeah, I was obviously in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. in the dark, I could tell. Like when I first put up, it was like a not a cattle trail, but it, for the summertime to be able to see a good lane and path, yeah. I mean, it was a good trail. And then back through the middle of it, also, so it was kind of like this. This deer were both crossing it both ways, kind of making a T through that that funnel. And I think that goes back to another reason, Parker, you had talked about. You know, the reason it killed the buck is we we were hunting funnels. A lot of talk goes into, you know, your Bobby Worthington episode about hunting funnels in the rut, like hunt funnels all the time uh, during the early season, especially. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause they're going to be a little more relaxed during the early season, especially this one, like hunting them in August, these deer, they don't get hunted. And this is like what the second year ever that they've been hunted on August on yeah. this, on, on, on public. That's um, right. Yeah. And last year, probably not much like this year, you know, it, I mean, they're just not used to being hunted right now. Um, and so they're, they're a little more relaxed, but even still big bucks are going to do big buck things, right? Like they're not just going to be absolutely stupid. They're still going to be smart. They're going to be the last ones into the field. Most of the time, you know, they're going to take those where that buck was at that thick area they're going to take that path over the, you know, wide open fire lane. Um, they're still going to do buck things, you know. Um, now, that doesn't mean that they're going to be harder to kill. They're, they're definitely, I think, early season deer are easier for sure because yeah. the pressure hasn't set in quite the same. But they're still going to be, you know, it's not going to be like just going out and doing whatever you want, just taking your pick on deer. Um, and I but, define early season as anything before October. What do you get? I mean, I think that's important to say, you know, to say. I, I mean, I think early season is, I define it as pretty much anything until pre-rut, you know, pretty much anything until they start getting on scrape activity and like their minds start changing from food to, to you know, does, where's the does at. Um, so that's kind of what I, I classify as early season because here in Georgia, it's hot all the way until November 1st usually. So um, I mean, early season to me is usually when it's hot. So <laughs> I think yeah. for around Tennessee, I lose the edge though. Like once October hits, you know, be, you can't hunt the beans like you could. Now you can hunt corn. So if you've got corn, it kind of works in the same, same way, but the deer are also kind of privy to the fact that they're being hunted by that point in time. So that's, I guess I should redefine mine as the early, early season. Yeah. yeah well, our season here in Alabama doesn't start until October. So um, I think the the earliest one that opens this year is October 1st here in Alabama. And then, uh, but the majority of the States like at October the 15th. So early season for me has always been right there, October 15th, you know, um, until I started doing these earlier out of state hunts. Um, so, I mean, I, I've really, I've really enjoyed it. It's been something different. You know, I'm not used to hunting ag or, any kind of early season like pre 
before they shed their velvet type type stuff like that's all relatively new to me um and so learning it has just been a lot of fun but you can definitely find the similarities and in this case similarities would be the weather i mean i think the weather can always do what you said adam it can mess with the senses um of a deer like they're just not going to be as as sharp as they are on a clear conditions day on a great great day um now they may not get up and move nearly as much but you can put yourself in the game a little bit easier i think um but then also uh you know going back to the funnels like that's one thing that i think could be a consistent thing like i would bet you those funnels the reason why that trail stays beat down is so beat down is because it's it's always going to be used you know you think about when the acorns start falling well there's a ton of oak trees in those hardwoods and there's not oak trees in the crp fields which is the majority of this area so they're going to be hanging out in those strips um so i just don't think it's going to be just an absolute ton different no matter what time of the season you're in there um do do y'all kind of agree with that yeah i mean i i don't get to hunt ag where i'm at like the closest thing i have to ag is feed trees you know like that's once the acorns start dropping, that's what I'm looking for. So this year, I'm really going to be like focusing on finding the funnels between the bedding and the feed trees. Normally, I usually just hunt right over the feed trees, but those bigger deer, those bigger, more mature deer are not going to come into that feed tree probably until after dark. So I'm going to be trying to find that funnel where maybe he's staging up before he gets that feed tree. Um, and that's probably what I'm going to be focused on this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. We're, our season starts in 12 days. So pretty excited. Heck yeah. What you think, Adam? Do you do you feel like you're you're probably the more familiar with hunting ag land than any of us? Does does a just an absolute ton change about as far as the way that they travel through those type funnel areas throughout the season? I guess it depends as the food sources change. It could, especially if they relocate. You know, we were talking in the truck about a deer that was killed in the county that I lived in. Uh, where I grew up, I mean, humongous buck was captured on a trail camera 10 miles away from where he was actually shot. So, I mean, you know, the rut happens, whatever may happen, they may relocate for a specific amount of time. I think it's just so situational, man. It's just so hard to tell, say, but yeah. I do believe as long as you have food and you have specific types of terrain and you have specific types of cover, like deer are going to continue to trap, use those specific areas year in and year out. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that. Like it, when you talk about specific cover, um, those those little, I mean, there it's a it's a perfect funnel. You know, when Bobby talked about in the in his episode, um, he talked he gave the example of the bridge going over the over the water, and mm-hmm. that being like trying to catch a bad guy, and you know he lives over here and he's going to cross over this bridge. And so you, it really concentrates. So even once the beans are gone out of that area, you still have a very, very large area with very concentrated cover, right? And so while you may not be in the best area in the whole place, the deer that are there are going to travel through those specific areas. Yeah. Um, you know, because, I mean, you know, they're, they're going to keep, they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep going through somewhere right there. They're going to be traveling through. And like I said, you may not be in the best place on 
or the highest populated area on a WMA. But if you can find those little spots, you'll have a higher concentration, um, which is what I'm kind of learning and trying to figure out. The same thing. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Uh, even in that area, like once all the leaves are off the trees and, you know, that, that heavy stem count is not really a thing where Adam killed his buck in that strip of woods, you still have that CRP right next to it that is always going to be super thick. So even if the woods are not providing good bedding, all they have to do is cross right over to that CRP and they're completely hidden right there. So, um, I mean, I think right there, they're, they're going to be protected all year long in terms of bedding. And I mean, I think it would be, I think it'd be a killer spot. And, and I think looking for stuff like that where you have, you know, primary and secondary bedding where maybe you might have a primary source of bedding during the summertime and then during the wintertime or the fall when leaves start falling off and all the greenery is gone, then you have secondary bedding with something with a higher stem count. Yeah. I was going to add in the fact that, you know, you were talking about areas with maybe not as dense of cover and a lot of ag. You can turn that around and think about a big woods type area and deer are still going to use the same type of funnels and pinch points but it's just in a different way, right? Like there's different transitions or different types of terrain. And if you can figure out, you know, historically where these deer are using, I think you can be successful year in and year out. I know a lot of guys that I wouldn't consider like great hunters, but they've been able to identify really great spots in really great areas and hunt them on the right days and be a heck of a lot more successful than I am. And, and a lot of the guys that I consider to be really great hunters, and these guys basically aren't, but they found places where deer like to move specifically at, di at different times, and they know that. So, anyways, I'm a believer in terrain, funnels, like anywhere you go. It could be Florida. We talked to our buddy Walt, you know, as, as flat as a pancake down, down there. Guarantee you there's – I've never hunted Florida he hasn't said there's not funnels, but I know there's, there's different types of funnels in those Definitely areas and we could go and we could find them. Yeah. Definitely there is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's one thing that you can pretty much count on with, with just about any type of game animal, right. Is like, uh, there, there's been sometimes whenever, or, or any type of wildlife in general. So there's been times where I've been scouting and you'll find like this little bitty tiny trail, um, that was probably made by an armadillo or, raccoons or something that are in those same pinches or same funnels as a deer trail um like it's just it's going to be pretty consistent no matter what it to the point where even it's it's consistent even among humans so i mean we we are all kind of created to do that that same thing so i think it's pretty cool um i had a blast guys like uh, as as miserable it was definitely type two fun now the moment of, of being able to walk up on that deer and celebrate that with y'all that quick, whatever hour that it was that we got to do that. That was, that was definitely fun in the moment. The rest of the trip, I'm not going to say it was like in the moment fun, but it was type two fun. Yeah. I'll do anything to go back. I got two um, on the way home too. So that just added to it. You know, oh dude, we, we both had crappy trips home. <laughs> I didn't oh, think yeah. I was going to make it yeah. back. What happened to the Hummer? Are you going to sell it? Uh, I, I still don't know. Yeah, and so, no, it's running fine now, but it r made me feel like it was gonna not make it. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, what happened? What happened with you, Jonah? Dude, this tire, you know, I'm going down the highway. I was in uh, Muscle Shoals, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So I was still five hours away from home. 
I'm going down the highway and the, the camper just starts like shaking really hard. And I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> so I just like picked up some speed, hoping that it would just go away. Maybe a wheel weight fell off of the wheel or something. And it just like, and, like the whole camper starts like shaking. And I was like, all right, I have a spare, you know, I bought a spare right before I came. Cause this, the one I bought that when I, when I got it was like super old. And so I bought a new spare before I came luckily. So I threw that spare on, took like 10 minutes, you know, no big deal. And then I get literally one mile down the road and the, it does the exact same thing and the other tire blows out. So I called Tractor Supply Rescue to me. <laughs> it was uh, interesting. After. It put me about an hour and a half behind getting home. So it's, it's always these type of trips, like where literally there's not a lot of things that can go well. Like I'm really glad that Adam – that you killed that buck because if that wouldn't have happened, man, I don't know that there was anything good that I could have said about hunting the velvet hunt in Tennessee. (laughs) Yeah. It's just kind of like, well, it sucked. So there's that. Uh, but it made it, it made it definitely a good time. Um, one of those, as I was telling you, Adam, it's like you have these moments that you just kind of get to remember forever. Like I've got bucks sitting here on the wall right here that, I mean, I remember them, you know, a couple of them were like super special. Um, There's one here that I just kind of have to like think back and I'm like, I don't really remember that whole, it doesn't mean it's a bad deer, deer, it's a good deer, but this one, I don't know. It seems like it it would be one of those that you look at and you're like, that's it. I mean, that broke the three year curse, right? Yeah. Three Three years. Three years drought. Yeah. That's I've rough. kind of been sold out to Kentucky bow hunting the last three years on public land. And I've blown five opportunities at bucks and just, uh, I've went scoreless on bucks for the last three years. So it was a good, good way to break it back yeah. home in Tennessee with a gun, which one of my buddies told me is like, dude, you're stupid. If you don't start gun hunting, I was like, this year is the year of the gun for me. <laughs> so I started <laughs> is, out with a, a literal bang. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year of the rifle. That's cool, yes. man. So you're getting it mounted. Oh yeah, for sure. Getting it mounted. Um, did you, so do you get to keep the meat? If uh, I'm going to wait, like I need to read up more to decide what to do, but if it tests positive for CWD, that's the, that's when I have to decide what to do. Right. If, if it's negative, then yeah, I'm going to eat it. So, okay. No questions asked. I didn't know if you already got it, but you, you had to drop it off at the processor because you couldn't take it over the line. I did. I dropped it off at a processor and uh, let him do do the work on this one because I got back home. We're just trying to sell our house, and Daddy's been staying in and doing some stuff like that. Thank you. Worked man. out well. Well, congratulations. Uh, before you go, before we get off of this, um, we'll start with you, Jonah. What's your what's your plans for the rest of the season? Uh, so, out of state wise, I'm going to go hunt the Tennessee side of land between the lakes. Um, probably you're not. just like just like throwing names out there. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Dropping it. Nobody worry about it. So I'm gonna go hunt that uh, in Tennessee in October, and then the rest of the year I'm probably just gonna hunt in Georgia. I got a few quota hunts I'm hoping to get, um, and a few other what, places. I can... What WMA is there in Georgia? Uh, I'm probably gonna hunt. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do <laughs> oh, shit. Everybody, get your pencil ready. <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna know where I'm hunting. <laughs> No, but anyway, so I got a few WMAs here in, in Georgia that I'm going to hunt. And then um, I got a lot of mountain spots I'm pretty excited about. This year, I'm really going to try to kill me a couple more good na- mountain bucks. 
Um, I'm really enjoying the whole mountain thing. You know, there's a lot of good funnels in the mountains with terrain. That was one thing when I went to Tennessee or when we did this hunt is it was really hard for me because I'm so used to like working all of my knowledge based off terrain and there's literally nothing for me to work with. There was one spot where me and Parker went that had a little bit of terrain, but even then there was like no deer sign in there. So it was, uh, it was definitely a big change for me, but I definitely want to go back and maybe even hunt some Mississippi and stuff like that. So that's cool, my man. plan for this year. What about you, Adam? I'm going to do a Kentucky trip, probably a pretty quick uh, velvet type hunt this coming weekend. My wife doesn't really know about that yet. So if I, <laughs> if I make it down there and then I'll probably do like a couple of quick Kentucky hunts again, like maybe one night or something like that back and forth. But I actually plan on hunting Tennessee in the rut this year. And unless I pull some kind of crazy tag, I didn't expect out of Kentucky for the rut. I'm staying home and I'm going to hunt during the muzzleloader season. That's when our rut's going on. Gives me a little extra advantage during the rifle season. Then I'll be back to Kentucky uh, probably for either their muzzleloader or late season uh, bow hunt. One of the two. That's awesome, dude. Well, uh, guys, I'm really excited that you uh, killed that buck, Adam. That was really cool. Congratulations on that. Jonah, it was a pleasure getting to uh, getting to hunt with you. And again, last time we hunted together was kind of crappy for yeah. me. It was. I missed I missed like three times in one one day. One set. Break yeah, Jonah like I like he put me on the deer, man. Like we were on deer, <laughs> tons of deer, and I missed three times. Um so uh, basically what I'm saying, Jonah, is I don't ever want to hunt with you ever again because yeah, it doesn't seem to work out. Uh, Jonah, let me know when we can meet up in Tennessee again. I'll bring you some of my spots. <laughs> You're my lucky charm. <laughs> hey, dude, before yeah. you go, Jonah, tell us uh, tell us where we can find some of your some of your videos and all that stuff. Hey, man, so check out uh, Georgia Public Project online on YouTube. Um, then also have a YouTube or a uh, Instagram Georgia Public Project. Check those out. Um, I'm really working on putting out more content, trying to kind of up my game a little bit and keep up with Southern Ground. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. So check out Georgia Public Project, and I'll send you a hat if you want one. <laughs> nice. Well, wow. That's a, that's a bold move, man. I never got my hat, Jonah. Dude, I'll send it with your pillow. <laughs> thanks. appreciate it. My wife says thanks. Was that when he was playing with your gear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all well adam again it's always a pleasure when you come on the show man it's always fun when we get to hunt i'm glad uh you're able to break your purse jonah yeah talk to you guys later yeah talk to you later peace out y'all. guys all right everybody that's going to be it for this episode of the southern ground hunting podcast as always thank you so much for tuning in thanks for listening Please, if you can, if you get a minute, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That would mean the world to me. Also, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. That's Southern Ground Hunting on YouTube, and you can find this video that we've been talking about. You can find a ton of other hunting videos from past seasons. Uh, I've got, I'm uploading older videos just about every day, for sure, every week. Um, and then, I mean, the season's already started, so... I'm going to have a new Tennessee video up very, very quickly. If it's not up as soon as this video drops, it will be up the next day. So uh, hopefully you guys will check that out again. That's on YouTube. That's Southern Ground Hunting. 
You can check us out on Facebook at Southern Ground Hunting and on Instagram at Southern Ground Hunting. And also, if you uh, if you like joining Facebook groups, we don't talk about this a lot, but we have the Southern Ground Open Forum that you can find on Facebook, and it's a group of just basically like-minded people like me and you, public land hunters, some guys who hunt private land, but really the, the thing that brings us all together is the fact that we hunt in the South and uh, a lot of good stuff on there. So check that out on Facebook under groups. I think that is going to be about it, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to be in Kentucky starting next week. So hopefully I will have some uh, a podcast episode come from there. Hopefully the weather cooperates just a little bit more than it did. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to be hunting with some, some friends down there in Kentucky or up there in Kentucky. It's going to be a good time chasing velvet bucks. All right, that is it for this episode. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.